ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Elmore deep, left side three, and good! From 30 feet, John Elmore! The Drive with Paul Swan. Welcome in. It's the Tuesday, May 1st edition. Your drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. For the next hour, we'll take your phone calls. 304-399-8255 is our local number. Toll free, it's 877-420-8255. Coming up on the program later on, David Kahn from the West Virginia Power. He'll get us caught up and what happened with the power last week and the week ahead. So we'll talk baseball with him. So looking forward to that. And we've got a lot of hockey to get into tonight and tomorrow. So tomorrow, because Washington and Pittsburgh Game 3 is coming up tonight, Matt Geica going to join us from Pittsburgh Hockey Now. So we're going to recap that one. That's turned into an interesting little series, hasn't it? Washington and Pittsburgh all tied up at one game apiece. So Game 3 will be tonight. It's a 7.30 face-off. Uh, a lot of matchups tonight, some good matchups. But we've got the start of the Cleveland-Toronto series, and we're going to have that for you on our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. You can start tuning into that starting at 7.30 with tip offset for right at 8 o'clock. Also, uh, there's more action tonight uh, from the NBA, New Orleans, and Golden State. That series is uh, heading for Game 2. Golden State leads the first game and wins that one, so they lead the series one to nothing. And of course, we've got some good hockey tonight as well. Nashville and Winnipeg. How about this one shaping up to be a nice series as well? Nashville and Winnipeg, both uh, a game apiece, so that one at least going five, so that's going to be exciting. And of course, we got baseball action tonight. More importantly, though, I think the playoff NBA and the playoff hockey is probably where most of your interest is going to be. Uh, the Dodgers are taking on Arizona tonight. It's going to be the uh, Orioles taking on the Angels, Colorado. I'm sorry, the White Sox. White Sox are taking on St. Louis. St. Louis has uh, dropped the 15 and 12. San Diego and San Francisco tonight, as well as Oakland and Seattle. Also, you've got New York and Houston. Tampa Bay and Detroit on the docket. Kansas City, Boston. And, of course, our game, 705's first pitch is going to be Pittsburgh and Washington. And then you've got Milwaukee at 17-13 taking on the 7-22 Cincinnati Reds. How do you feel right now? Pittsburgh included, you're one of the teams that lost to Cincinnati. You're one of the seven. On one of those seven nights, you went out and just did not give it your best, and Cincinnati beat you. That's a that's a shameful mark to have on your schedule right now. But uh, Cincinnati and Milwaukee tonight. And then, of course, you've got Atlanta and the Mets, Toronto, Minnesota, Texas, and Cleveland, Colorado and Chicago, the Cubs, Philadelphia, and Miami. And that's where it stands as far as baseball is concerned. But we've got you covered tonight with the Pittsburgh Pirates. You can catch all Pirates games right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Pittsburgh coming into this 17-12. and 12. Washington coming into it 13-16. and 16. Should be pretty competitive. I think it's going to be a, a pretty good game. Pittsburgh right now sitting in the second place of the NL Central. And Washington fourth in the NL East. Uh, my money's on Pittsburgh tonight, but we will see what happens, and that's coming up tonight. Again, your home of Pirates baseball all season long, right here, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So what are you most excited about tonight? Um, I'll keep an ear on the baseball, of course, kind of see where that's at. But Pittsburgh, 
Washington game three. That's probably where I'm least um, going to turn away from. I'll keep an eye on Cleveland and Toronto, but I'll also maybe pop in on Nashville and Winnipeg, but I'm definitely going to keep an eye on Washington and Pittsburgh. That's probably the better series right now from uh, the two games that are being played tonight. Even though both series are one apiece, uh, I think Washington and Pittsburgh, they just don't like each other. Now, Nashville and Winnipeg could grow into night liking each other, but it's uh, it's there with Washington and Pittsburgh. That's a rivalry that has been long in the making, and I've enjoyed it every season. Sure, it gets repetitive after a while, but if you're a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, you're probably not too sad about the fact that it's been the Penguins that have eliminated the Capitals for a few times. So Pittsburgh gets a win, doesn't blow it. They've got Game 3 tonight to see if they can get a 2-1 lead on this series, or will Pittsburgh bounce back? So that's what's coming up tonight. I'm telling you, um, we got a lot to get into. This is, uh, you know, talking about May, summer months, no. While the playoffs are going on, we've got it good right now. I mean, where else can you just flip, go from, okay, I'm going to watch the Cavs, I've got that, and then, okay, I'm going to watch the Penguins. Now, not necessarily are Cavs fans and Penguins fans uh, mutually uh, connected, other than the fact that Cleveland hates Pittsburgh. But, look, Cleveland doesn't have a hockey team. Pittsburgh doesn't have an NBA team. So I can flip back and forth and keep an eye on both of them. So that's where we're at right now. And you know what? I'm hoping that this Washington-Pittsburgh series goes seven. I'm not going to tell Matt Geica that from, D- from Pittsburgh Hockey Now. I'm not going to tell him that just because. I'm sure he just wants to get Pittsburgh out of there in five and move on to the next round, but I'm hoping this goes seven. It would be good, I think, for television. For television, it would be good to have this level of a matchup. And you know what? Nashville's probably good as well. If that could go seven, that's probably good for the sport as well, at least for the North American United States portion of hockey. And, of course... What's better than playoff hockey? Nothing. And I, I dare you to try to argue me bet down because you just will lose. You will lose. You cannot win that argument. And I'll, I'll give you an opportunity later on to try that argument. You just can't. You can't win that argument because, well, hockey playoffs the best. And you know it, too. It's better than the NBA playoffs. Now, I'm not saying that the NBA playoffs are terrible. Just you know and I know. That NHL playoff hockey is better. Plain and simple. So, if you think you're ready to take me on, you can do so later on. But coming up in a few minutes, we're going to hear from David Kahn from the West Virginia Power. We're going to get caught up with him. they got a lot of promotions coming up this week since they're going to be home for a couple of series. I was looking over the schedule, and if you've got a kid, this might be your weekend to go up and take in the uh, Power because they're going to do a Comic-Con They're going to do a Harry Potter Day. They're going to do Star Wars Day on the 4th. They're going to do a few of those events, fireworks as well. So if this is your weekend, maybe take the kid to the ball game. This might be one of the few that you try to hit up. So that's where we stand with them. David Kahn's going to tell us more about that when we continue. Also, later on, we'll get your phone calls in. You're listening to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. program now, the voice of the West Virginia Power, David Kahn, who is with us, and uh, it's been a, a pretty solid week for the West Virginia Power. 
since last we spoke. The Power in their last 10 have gone 5-5. Five and five. So if you would, David, go ahead and catch us up on what's happening with Power Baseball since we spoke last. Yeah, so we're through the first month of the season, and, and for the most part, it's been a pretty good month. You know, we took two of three from Lexington before coming back home for the uh, seven-game homestand to start off May. And it was it was overall a very good series. You know, we, we saw the hitting kind of return to form and the bullpen uh, return to the form that we once knew it had. The series against Rome was definitely a little tough for us. We ran into some really good starting pitching, and the bullpen just kind of didn't hold its own like it has been through the first three weeks of the season. But I think Lexington was a good uh, reconnaissance series for us where we reminded ourselves of the potential that this team has and the ability that this team possesses. So I think we're coming into May with a positive mindset and a lot of guys that hadn't been hitting uh, over the first couple of weeks are starting to find their stroke. Like Rodolfo Castro uh, finally hit his first home run of the year. Deion Stafford and Ben Bankston both went yard twice in consecutive games. And uh, I think that you're starting to see a lot of guys really figure it out here at the level. Lexington's always a nice team to try to get healthy on since um, it didn't matter how how new players are to this organization. They know almost instantly that, yeah, we don't like those guys. No, yeah, the Hatfield and McCoy rivalry rides strong uh, here in West Virginia, and we certainly enjoy playing Lexington. Of course, it's a friendly rivalry, but for some reason, all of our big games happen against the Legends. I don't know why, but it just does. I like it though. It's a, it's a good rivalry. It's I think you really need that in minor league baseball, especially since West Virginia and Lexington. If I wanted to, I could drive to Lexington, catch a power game if I was maybe planning on a weekend trip. So it's really I think one of the better uh, two pairings of teams. And of course, they're in the north. I'm sorry, you're in the north. They're in the south. So added right. flavor there as well. Who's better, the north or the south? I mean, there's so many ways you can spin this. Well, there is, and you're, it's funny that you mentioned that you can come catch the power games because we actually had our rowdy alley section and the and the toast section as well come over and uh, catch Saturday and Sunday's Lexington games. So it is very easy to get down here. It's only a couple hours drive, and our director of ticket sales came by as well. We always do an intern trip to bring our our interns down to Lexington for a game. So it is a very quick trip. Uh, if you certainly if you want to see another ballpark in the South Atlantic League, Whitaker Bank Ballpark is. Is a very, very nice facility, and, and they, they put up the power fans very well. Joining us on the program, the voice of the West Virginia Power, David Kahn. So let's get fans up to date for this week. Uh, of course, power are still at home, so opportunities for fans to come up to the ballpark. But how do you feel going into this stretch? Um, you've got coming up tonight, um, you've got Augusta and some serious fun promotions attached to that, but just get to the game itself. Um, how do you feel going into this week? What do the power need to do to maybe improve their standing where they're at and maybe try to capitalize on some momentum they may have found? Well, so the thing with Lexington is, is they have the best record in the South Atlantic League right now. Their, their team is really flowing. They've won 11 of the last 12, eight in a row, uh, one through nine in the lineup, one through five in the rotation. They're very, very strong. So the opportunities are going to be slim against this Green Jackets team to really attack. But that's the thing that Wyatt Terragas and our coaching staff have really been preaching to our guys is that we need to attack in every possible situation because you don't know how many you're going to get in the course of a game. And with a team like Augusta, you're not going to get very many. So that's going to be a real a real sign for this team in the first week of, of May is have we been able to adjust and have we been able to find, hey, there's only a couple moments where 
we can really take advantage of this game and are we able to take advantage of them? So that'll be the Augusta series. Hickory should be a series where we should be able to gain some more momentum. They've struggled a little bit out of the gate. Uh, we took two of three for them up in Hickory and, and we know that on paper, at least we have a better team than they do at this point. Uh, there are a couple of guys on there that have really figured it out, including Melvin Devoa, uh, who is just on, on an absolute tear right now. He's hitting above 350 for the Crawdads. But Hickory should be more of a series where uh, we should be able to have guys get back into their rhythm, attack their pitching staff, and see what's what, how much ground we can gain in a very crowded Northern Division. We may be in fifth place out of seven teams, but we're only three games back. So. It's really a very crowded North Division. A lot of opportunities still left in the season. I mean, there's there's 45 games left in the first half, so plenty of time to, for some shifting in the standings. But we're we're certainly looking forward to a good week of games and some nice weather here. If you evaluate the month of April, how, how do you feel overall? What did you see that you liked? Maybe surprised you? Uh, maybe gave you reason for pause? So I would give it a positive rating. Uh, I won't put a number on it, but I'll give it a positive rating overall. As we touched on back when we first spoke, this team is very young and very raw and needs a lot of experience at this level. To come out of this month above 500 with a uh, team ERA where, uh, under four and a team batting average around 250, I think you can see that the potential is there and that some people have started to figure it out, some people haven't. The thing that I've been really excited to see is, for the most part, our rotation has been very, very strong, no matter who we put in there. Uh, Domingo Robles has put an ERA under four. Travis McGregor is just above two. And then you've got guys like Braden Ogle and Gavin Wallace who have put together consecutive quality starts before. And you have even guys out of the bullpen like Evan Pachota, who is second in the league in ERA right now with 0.82. He's the oldest guy on this team. He's a journeyman. And he has just been absolutely stellar for West Virginia thus far. So that's been one of the surprises, but it's been a pleasant surprise. Uh, in terms of the offense, I think the offense has come as expected. Calvin Mitchell's been an absolute stud for us over the first month of the season. He had a 13-game hitting streak, a 15-game on-base streak. Chris Sharp is now riding an 11-game on-base streak. Deion Stafford reached for 11 straight. Um, but I, I honestly think that the offense was expected, and the pitching staff was more of the pause for what are we going to get from these guys when you jump two levels, because hitting – you know you have to adjust to the pitchers. That's something you learn for most of your professional career. But as pitchers, the hitters adjust more than they do at the rookie level. So I think that the, the fact that these pitchers are having as much success as they've had early on is a really, really positive sign. The thing that we definitely need to improve upon is in the field. Uh, we currently lead the South Atlantic League in the lowest fielding percentage. It's going to be something that this team work on. And, and they're out there literally right now. They're working on infield and outfield. So it's you know, they're, they're working on it every day. They're working hard to try and get better. And there are a lot of guys who have turned themselves into quite fine fielders. And there are some guys that are still trying to figure it out in new positions this year. So that'll be the thing that the team needs to work on the most, as well as finishing games. Uh, the, there have been times when the starter will come out and throw really, really well, and then the bullpen won't be able to hold it. Or the starter will struggle, but the bullpen will come in and be really, really good. Or we'll have the offense come out and, you know, start off hot, but then give up the lead and then the offense just all of a sudden shuts down when they give up the lead. So I think really finishing games, improving in the field are the two aspects that you're going to want to see improve upon for the power in, in the month of May. David Kahn's our guest, the voice of the West Virginia Power, and I'm sure you're happy that April is over with. Maybe we're going to get into better weather now that we're in May. <laughs> I know that is a, something that everyone's got to deal with, but it just felt like that the power seemed to be hit with the weather bug a lot more than usual, or maybe it just felt 
No, I, I think you're right, and, and you're and you're you're correct that every team has to deal with it. But certainly, whether it was an actual postponement or it was just very very cold, we played in some ill-advised temperatures, um, and I, that certainly affected a lot of these guys who were used to playing in sunny Florida or sunny North Carolina, and they or sunny Virginia, and they are you know they're much used to playing in, in better temperatures throughout the entirety of the season, and not they haven't played really in April and May when it's you know 40 30 degrees. So it's an adjustment period, and some of these guys are from the Dominican, where it's usually hot all the time, and and they're not used to playing in the cold weather. So as much as they say, "Oh, I'm just going out and playing," you know, the weather does affect them a little bit. It's it's fine. It's a part of learning, and and they've gotten through that first month, and now I think next season when that comes around, they're going to have their bodies prepared for it, and you'll see a greater difference in that first month. Well, hopefully that's not going to be a case at least this month as uh, you start uh, two game series. I'm sorry. Th- two series you've got Augusta and then Hickory and let's talk a little bit about promotions of course uh, always want to give fans an opportunity to come out to the ballpark have a good time and you've got pets in the park coming up this week you've got of course Thursday Thursday uh, you've got some different uh, events that uh, maybe will I don't know take advantage of the uh, upcoming movie season <laughs> you've got comic com night yeah. Uh, you've got Star Wars Day on Friday. Good for you. Um, that's something that I uh, I went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth with Adam Marco, so you can tell him already. David, you're an upgrade. Go ahead and tell him. <laughs> Just send him a message. It's none of this Back to the Future Night stuff. Nope. It's what baseball does, Star Wars Night. Yep, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. No, we have some fantastic promotions. You touched on a lot of them. Uh, obviously, Wednesday's Pets in the Park night. Thursday is Thursday's Thursday, Thursday, and then Comic Con. Uh, we're gonna have some. Uh, we're gonna have the Ghostbusters out in attendance here at the ballpark, so that's gonna be very exciting. Friday, of course, May the Fourth be with you. Star Wars night here at the ballpark. Uh, we're gonna have some costume characters out here, some Star Wars themed merchandise at the Power Outlet. So certainly a lot of stuff going on with that one. Uh, Saturday is Pirates and Princesses night with uh, several different pirates and princesses in attendance. They're gonna have some activities set up for the kids along the concourse. Uh, we're also giving away a golden baseball to the first 1,000 fans that are here, so that'll be fantastic. And then Sunday is Harry Potter Day. We're going to have a lot of magical promotions, uh, as well as a post-game movie screening of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And we're certainly encouraging all fans from Thursday through Sunday, come dress up as your favorite comic book, Star Wars, Pirate, Princess, or Harry Potter character when you come to the ballpark. We want to see as many different costumes out here as we can, because we certainly all love seeing that. Uh, and then Monday we wrap it up with everybody's cheapest night at the ballpark, Family Buck Night. David Kahn's our guest from the West Virginia Power. And um, are you going to have any um, fireworks uh, this week as well? You're going to have that for May 4th, yes, we will. Yeah, fr- yeah, Friday after uh, we're going to blow up the Death Star uh, with uh, fireworks brought to you by West Virginia Lottery and uh, as well as Electric 1027. So that'll be um, – so we've got some some Friday night fireworks as well. So that'll be – It'll be certainly a great way to end a uh, an intergalactic evening, if you will. Now, uh, I'm just uh, reading up. You're going to have some um, merchandise as well. Is this power themed Star Wars merchandise, or just stuff that the Star Wars fans? It is. It is Star Wars themed okay. merchandise. Um, it'll be, it'll be influenced by us, of course, but it is Star Wars themed merchandise. David Kahn's our guest from the West Virginia Power, the Power in Action tonight through next Monday, and then uh, on the road to Hagerstown. And in between all that, you've got some Marshall baseball as well at the ballpark. So another opportunity for fans maybe come out, see the Thundering Herd, and stick around for the West Virginia Power game. 
Yeah, we've got double headers on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Marshall taking on Old Dominion, and then on Tuesday, uh, when the team is on it as an off day, Marshall takes on Eastern Tennessee State. Uh, so certainly excited about all the Marshall baseball we'll have as well. It's really just a weekend of baseball this weekend, and uh, we're actually dubbing it the Geek End, uh, if you will, for the Comic Con, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and Pirates of Princesses. So it should be a jam packed weekend. We're really excited about all of it, and we certainly hope everyone comes out. David Kahn, our guest from the West Virginia Power. Check it all out. All you have to do is go to the website, wvpower.com. And it uh, sounds like it's going to be a fun weekend, especially uh, with um, the doubleheader. So uh, looking forward to it. And, uh, David, we'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. Anytime, Paul. That's David Kahn, voice of the West Virginia Power. we got more on the way. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. West Virginia Metro News, I'm Jeff Jenkins. Will there be any memorable moments tonight in a much-talked-about debate in the GOP race for U.S. Senate? We'll find out in a few hours. State Attorney General Patrick Morrissey, 3rd District Congressman Evan Jenkins, and former Massey Energy CEO Don Blankenship will be on stage together at the Met Theater in Morgantown. Fox News will both conduct and broadcast the one-hour debate. Fox anchor, co-moderator Brett Baer, says exchanges between the candidates could be beneficial. I want to see some back and forth, especially on substance between the candidates, because that helps the the viewer and the voter. Polls show a lot of undecided voters still in this race. The primary election a week from today, several Metro News stations will air the debate beginning next hour. We'll have comprehensive coverage at our website tonight, wvmetronews.com. While a lot of people will be tuned in to see what's happening in Morgantown, there's other important issues up for discussion tonight in the state. The future of PEIA, the Public Employees Insurance Agency, that's up for discussion. The first two of about two dozen public hearings on the PEIA fix. Those first two hearings tonight in Huntington and Point Pleasant. Huntington meeting in the Edwards Center on the Marshall campus. The Point Pleasant meeting is at Point Pleasant High School. Those both start at 6.30 this evening. U.S. Senator Shelley Capito is in Beckley this evening. She's meeting with Mayor Rob Rappold and others about Southern West Virginia's economy. She's been in several Southern West Virginia counties today for various events. You're listening to Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. The May 8th primary election will decide the nominees for the Democratic and Republican parties for the November general election. The nation is watching closely as West Virginia voters determine the nominees for a U.S. Senate race that could impact the balance of power in Washington. Once again, the Metro News Radio Network will provide live, continuous coverage on election night beginning at 7.06. We'll have results, interviews, and insights. Vote and then hear your vote counted as it happens. Comprehensive Decision 2018 coverage. Election night on Metro news. West Virginians love the outdoors. Whether it's hunting the big buck, fishing for that elusive trout, or just enjoying our wild, wonderful state. Keep up with what's happening in News of the Outdoors with Chris Lawrence and Metro News. On the Outdoors page at WVMetroNews.com, you'll find podcasts of Ram Trucks West Virginia Outdoors, the Ram Trophy Room, the Trout Stocking Report, and Chris's West Virginia Outdoor Journal. For coverage of the great outdoors, depend on Chris Lawrence and Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. State Attorney General Patrick Morrissey's office says it believes the state both saved money and made money. In the Volkswagen emissions controversy, the state will get $2.65 million from VW, Porsche, and Audi. Morrissey's office says the state saved money by not going on a lawsuit because it didn't have to pay attorney fees. An open house at Marshall University tomorrow. Officials will talk about where the new pharmacy school and graduate student housing centers will be built on the campus in Huntington. From the Metro News Anchor Desk, I'm Jeff Jenkins.
Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Did you know Cincinnati is the second most miserable sports city in North America? I bet you didn't know that. Second most miserable. This is from a report from the 10 and 3. It's a Canadian-based map and data company. Cincinnati sports fans, according to their hard work, come in have seen more than their fair share of despair. You know the team that comes in ahead of them that's more miserable? Well, the, the city that's more miserable than Cincinnati? Winnipeg. Now, the rankings take into account teams from six top professional leagues, NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, MLS. So, sorry, Cincinnati. Uh, FC Cincinnati does not count. Also, they threw in the Canadian Football League because, man, let me tell you right now, if you are a Canadian Football League fan, you are a die hard. I met one. Die hard. So Winnipeg is the most miserable because the Blue Bombers have the longest drought of any CFL team. It goes back 30 years. 30 years, they haven't won the championship in a nine-team league. 30 years, nine-team league. Also, throw into this, Winnipeg used to have the the Jets, right? 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 Back in the day, before they got the Jets again? Well, they lost their original franchise to Phoenix back in 1996. No hockey tradition. No foundation for hockey, and Winnipeg, a hockey city, a city with hockey tradition, losing their team to Phoenix. So that's pretty That's pretty bad in itself there. I don't know. I don't know if their misery um, – I don't know if all of Winnipeg is miserable because of the football team. Maybe they are crazy about their football. I don't know. But Cincinnati, of course, number two in this because – They've never won a Super Bowl. I've seen them play in a couple, but they've never won one. And the report says they have subjected their fans to humiliating defeats in their past seven playoff games. How about uh, the entire 90s? Don't forget that. Speaking of the 90s, last time the Cincinnati Reds were actually uh, on the scoreboard as far as championships, 1990. So, no Super Bowl for the Bengals, miserable football production, and the Reds without a championship since 1990, and miserable play right now. Second worst? I don't know. I, I'm lobbying for worst. Because imagine, if you were a Cincinnati Reds fan, you wake up every morning, you're just hoping, man, can this be the day? Just a win? Just one win. Would that that be too much to ask? Just one win. And, of course, being a Bengals fan, I know the suffering there. It's like, okay, this is going to be the year. This is going to be the year. No, this is not going to be the year. But it looked good. I mean, you, you look at draft day. You watch draft day thinking, okay, they're going to draft good. They're going to draft someone. Okay. Nothing embarrassing there. And then they keep Marvin Lewis on staff for 
too long. No progress there as far as the coaching staff is concerned. I mean, where have the Bengals progressed? They've gotten into playoffs. That's great. But after a while, just, okay, we ain't going to win one of those. And even now they're not getting into the playoffs. They've sort of regressed. It's it's like, okay, but we're going to get through. We're going to break through. We're getting to the playoffs. Yes. Now you're not. You're you're not so terrible that you just laugh at them. You're not that bad where you okay, at least you get a first round pick. No, you're not lovable bad. You're break your heart mediocre bad. Of course, you're home in Bengals football all season long, right here, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm just I'm just outlining the facts, man. You're a Bengals fan, you know it. It's a brotherhood. It is. It's a brotherhood. We see each other on the street, man. We have our own sign and everything. We know. Nobody messes with us. If I'm on the street and somebody comes up, maybe want to rob me, if there's a Bengals fan around, no, they'll stop them. If they know I'm a Bengals fan because it's like we got each other's back. We support each other through our misery. It's sort of like if you're from Detroit. So you're from Detroit? Yeah, okay, I got your back, man. That's sort of like good. It is. You don't even have to be from Cincinnati. It's like you're a Bengals fan? Yeah, okay. I got your back, man. Nobody's messing with this guy. He's a Bengals fan. Nobody touches him. So I wear my Bengals hat around sometimes because, you know, I see I see the other Bengals fans out there. We know. We know each other. But if Cincinnati's two, I'm going to know the top five here. Who's worse than Cincinnati? Now, Cleveland crawls out of this because while the Browns by themselves would make anyone miserable, you factor in LeBron and the Cavs, okay, you got a championship there. That bumps you up. You factor in the Indians, some good baseball there, that bumps you up. So throw them throw them out of the bottom here. If this was just based on football alone, Cleveland wins. But you throw in the other sports. Now, if FC Cincinnati, the soccer team, moves up and gets into the MLS, does these rankings change because they're crazy about FC Cincinnati right now in the Queen City? They love that soccer team. That soccer team's winning. That's why. That's the thing. They got a winner. They're talking about building them a new stadium. People are excited about that soccer team. I mean, we're talking a minor league soccer team that has uh, captivated the city and they're trying to jump up to the next level because they've competed. Because somehow you can you can play some... Yeah, because, well, soccer, you can play other teams. Yeah, you can. It's like me putting together um, a team with all the Kindred Communications employees and then I can go challenge the Bengals to a friendly. Hey, you want to play football? That's almost what it what it amounts to. I'm gonna play? Okay, we'll play. It's a friendly, it doesn't count. We're just gonna play. And they've had some success, so I mean props to them for that. But I'm trying to figure out who's more miserable. Or is this is this true? Is this it? In the United States of America, the most miserable sports town is Cincinnati. In North America, only Behind Winnipeg. Now, if the Jets, the Winnipeg Jets, start tearing it up here in the next few years, I think that uh, ranking 
belongs only to Cincinnati. The Bengals are fine, though. The Bengals are just okay. They're not tearing my heart out and ripping it out and stomping on it. They're not that bad. They're just okay. They, they've got some potential. They've got some work to do. But if you're a Reds fan, man, how are you, how are you living every day? How do you wake up? Another day. Yep. I'm a Reds fan. I mean, I'm with you. I feel you. I get it. I mean, loyalty. I understand that completely. But after a while, you just got to be thinking to yourself, no, I, I can't do this to myself anymore. It's not healthy. I'll come back when you guys decide to come back. I mean, is that okay? Just to say, look, love you. Going to be a fan always, but not today. I'm just going to be over here until you guys figure it out and, and get your issues together, and then I'll come back. You know, when you decide to play baseball, I'll decide to be a fan again. And, you know, deep down, you're a fan. But you almost wear it like a, like a badge of courage. Like, look at me, I'm a Reds fan. Yeah, they're terrible. It's like a conversation piece. It really is. Yeah, you see how bad the Reds were today? I mean, is that, is that how it is? Yeah, you sell bad there. I mean, sort of like it just understood. You know, when you talk to Bengals fans, like, yeah, what's up? We we don't even need to just break it down. We know, and our pain right now comes from either Andy Dalton or Marvin Lewis. That's where our pain comes from. You're trying to figure out where our suffering comes from. Those are two of the main sources here. But if you're a Reds fan, man, it's like, here, you get a buffet. And I hope they get better. I mean, they got seven wins now. That's good. More on the way. We'll take your phone calls. This is The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back. It is the Tuesday edition, May 1st. Start of a new month here. we got a lot of baseball to get into this month. And I want to tell you, planning on um, watching a little uh, Marshall baseball this month, well, you've you got a new option. The Marshall-East Tennessee State game is uh, scheduled for next Tuesday, May 8th, at Appalachian Power Park. has been picked up for national broadcast by BN Sports. So... Thundering Herd right now stands at 18 and 23. Hopefully that'll improve before they get to this game. And the Bucks are 23 and 17. They're going to play at 7:30 p.m. Now uh, that means no radio for this game because of the television option. I uh, I'm curious. I'm curious why they picked this one. I don't know if this just okay. We got to get a Marshall game in, or let's let's see what this does. Let's see how this works. Marshall, of course, playing in Appalachian Power Park. Fairly fairly modern ballpark compared to some of the other teams that uh, they face. And, of course, unfortunately, they got to go to Charleston to play these games. There's still opportunity for the Thundering Herd to be on TV. Maybe uh, some recruits get to watch, see a little bit of what Marshall baseball is all about. So it's a, it's a good option there. I'm just curious uh, why they went to this game instead of maybe a Conference USA game or – Maybe they just um, decided we need to get a Marshall game in. Hey, here's a standalone game. Fits our schedule. Let's do it. Marshall East Tennessee State going to be on BN Sports. Um, you know, Marshall's going to have Old Dominion and Charleston. Those games for you on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 
They've got Conference USA play there. East Tennessee, man, going back here, East Tennessee's got the Citadel Thursday, Friday, and Sunday in Southern Conference action. So Thursday, Friday, Sunday, I guess, with one game uh, in between if they need to. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for your Thundering Herd. We'll have those games for you. Uh, be 150, 150, and 10 a.m. respectively on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So Friday, probably not going to be able to get the show in. Uh, Sunday, we'll go straight up at 10 a.m. Got a lot of baseball coming up. We've got uh, Cavs basketball coming up in a couple days as well. Uh, 5.30 is going to be, I think they're going to play on Thursday. So we've got lots of sports play-by-play for you over the next few days. And that's probably going to mean we're maybe not getting the show in on Thursday and Friday. So we'll try to jam-pack tomorrow best we possibly can. So as I was looking at what's happening today, uh, one story kind of piqued my interest, NFL-related, and – it seems that the London Super Bowl could be happening sooner than later. Now, it's locked for the next few years. It's not going anywhere. But after that opens up, there could be a possibility. Now, part of this is because the Jaguars owner is looking at London as a possible place for the Super Bowl. Why? Because Shad Khan, about a week ago, is trying to buy Wembley Stadium. He offered to buy Wembley Stadium in London. Now, he's already talking about, hey, what I'm going to do with the place once I get it. He's going to try to modernize it. He's going to make it um, world-class, he said. He said he admits he'd like to eventually get the stadium spruced up enough so it could host the Super Bowl. Now, you're going to have to spruce it up a lot. Uh, They're going to try to, quote, provide a world-class venue. Wembley is a great stadium, and you want to get it configured to host Super Bowl and World Cup finals. So he's looking, okay, why not a World Cup final here? Why not the Super Bowl? It's not going to happen anytime soon. Like I said, this thing's locked up at least in the next few years. But this is another push trying to get NFL football in London. I just don't know if it translates. You're going to have a franchise in London. You're already getting multiple games over there. I don't know if people in America has taken to the London game. I mean, I like getting up and watching football too, but are you going to get up that early? For some of you, the answer is yes, so carry on. But you got to consider, okay, the travel, you're flying over, you're probably going to have to adjust the schedule a little bit to, to accommodate uh, both teams, the London franchise and the team that has to go over and play that week or when London comes over to the uh, United States. How many games are uh, they going to have in their stadium? I mean, will there be some unbalance there? I mean, it's a novel concept. You want to try to make the game international. You tried that several years ago, World League of American Football, NFL Europe. You tried that. Would the actual NFL product itself make the difference? Fans of the NFL product, do you want that? That's the big question. I know London wants it. They want an NFL franchise. They think it's going to have a huge impact. I don't necessarily agree. But I think it's going to be a curiosity for a few years. But I just don't know if American fans want a London franchise. We're not exactly looking at expanding our game to the rest of the world to grow the game. It's, hey, this is our game. You know, Your game is soccer. Our game is football. 
I can see maybe uh, Mexico. Mexico may be a, a more logical destination. I would look at that. I would look at London maybe after I would look at Mexico. Just because the geography works better for me. That's going to do it for this edition. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, enjoy your night, everyone. Station.